You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Now, before we get into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that I've just launched a course called Millions Online because I get an overwhelming amount of people asking me each and every day, Joel, how do you get to live this freedom lifestyle? Uh, How do you get to interview some of the most influential people in your industry? Uh, How do you drive millions in traffic? And how do you have millions of followers? And so... I have created this course around how I did it and also the tools that I've used to really build this business into a multi-million dollar online brand and company. So because you are an A2S podcast listener right now, I'm giving you a 62% discount if you jump in today and take the action and get onto this course. It's just a quick course that you could knock out and it's super high value and it is my gift to you to really get it at this discounted rate. So head over to mindstrongalliance.com slash millions dash online and get into the millions online course today. All right, now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm here today with Dr. John Martini. Uh, he is a self-development speaker, coach, and author. He has written over a hundred books and textbooks in self-development and a number of other uh, topics. And he has read close to 30,000 books, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, John, I had the opportunity to go to your event a couple nights ago, and I've got to say, I, just, uh, I was blown away by the content you were sharing. And I could just see so many people in the room were just having so many breakthroughs and that was like a two hour session or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you're truly incredible and, uh, I appreciate you uh, being here today. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. So John, uh, you know, I, I remember you mentioning quite a few things about the possibilities of the future and science and the infinite. And I had a question that came up. I didn't get a chance to ask you, but the question is, what do you feel is on the cusp of human development right now and science that nobody's talking about? Well, that's, that's pretty broad. <laughs> um, well, I do believe that um, the study of the brain is still one of the greatest studies that we have available to us. Yes. And unlocking the incredible power that our brain has mm-hmm. as a mediator for mental function and creativity and doing extraordinary capacities, living out extraordinary capacities, I think is, is the future. They're now realizing that as certain areas of the brain are repressed and shut down, others become heightened. And some of the capacities that we have, autobiographical memory and photographic memories and things of this nature are, I think in the next few decades will be understood and will be able to be modeled and reduplicated. And so expanding our capacities with our mental function, I think is, is pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's inspiring to me because I've been watching the field all these years. But also to actually uh, see that it's duplicatable and transferable. That's that's pretty empowering. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talk about uh, neuroplasticity, and I'm very uh, interested in the whole neuroscience field. You did put out a, I think it's it was like a CD collection, and I think a book as well on neuroplasticity. So, what fascinates you most about neuroplasticity? 
Well, every individual lives by a set of priorities, a set of values. And whenever they're, they're setting intentions that are congruent and aligned with their highest value, the thing that's most important to them, the thing that they spontaneously are inspired from within to fulfill, the brain maximizes the microglia and the glial cell neuroplastic effect. So in other words, just like a tree that grows to the light, any branch that reaches to the light expands and empowers. Yes. And anyone that gets in the shade dies out. Well, the brain is no different. Whenever you're doing something that truly is inspiring, that is meaningful, that's the highest in priority, that area of the brain becomes myelinated, neurogenesis occurs, um, neutrification occurs to the cells, and all the other ones are by apoptotically are, are reduced and, re, and taken away. They're, they're remodeled away. So the brain is remodeling itself to help you fulfill your life. And the science of that is, is extraordinary. And in the future, um, the neurology is going to be transformed to gliology. The study of the glial cells are going to be just as important, if not more important, than the studies of the nerves. Because it's all been about neurology. Yes. Yeah. But the brain is only 10% neurology. Oh. It's 90% gliology. And the study of the glia is way more profound than first meets the eye. And so I think that's going to be, in the next decades to come, really powerful. We realize that it is involved in the glymphatic system, the removal of toxic materials and protein de degradation. It is involved in maximizing function. It's involved in literally myelinating the brain to maximize potential. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the, this is where human values, the study of axiology, and the brain overlap. Whenever you're doing something that's truly meaningful to you, that's inspiring to you, that's the executive center in the brain, the medial prefrontal cortex, comes alive and becomes electrified and literally myelinated um, the second we are doing what we are really inspired to do. And the real entrepreneur, the visionary, lives in the executive center where they have inspired visions, they teach strategic plans, they execute the plans, and they have self-governance. And their mastery and persistent and consistent um, towards their objective. And they endure pain and pleasure, support or challenge in the pursuit of something that really truly inspires them, that makes a difference in the world. That is the future of neurology. Living in your purpose. Living purposely, living an inspired life, mm -hmm. demonstrating mastery, exemplifying the capacities of the human uh, inspired state, and, and giving ourselves permission to do something extraordinary on the planet. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm in inspired by and fascinated by by all these years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Remember you said something along the lines of, uh, you know, if we're not living in our purpose, we actually age faster. Well, aging has a lot to do with... Um, Entropy. Entropy is the tendency to go from order to disorder. Yes. Whenever we're emotionally charged and are trying to avoid and seek in our amygdala region of our brain, we're living in past and future and we're adding to the, to the aging process. But whenever we're inspired and we're really present and we're on focus on our highest priorities and we're living purposefully, we have literally more like, as Deepak used to call it, a timeless mind, ageless body. So living authentically and congruent with what's truly meaningful to us it gives us more life to our years and years to our life. We have vitality. I would say vitality is directly proportionate to the vividness of your vision. And the part of the executive center comes on and brings vision. And if you can see the vision and see that everything's on the way, not in the way, then amazing things happen in your physiology to help you fulfill it. Your space and time horizons expand and you give yourself permission to do something even beyond your life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If we can get beyond ourselves, we can make massive changes in our lives. I've said for many decades um, that if you want to make a difference in yourself, you need a vision at least as big as your family.
If you want to make a leadership in the family, you need a vision as big as your community. If you want to be a leader in your community, you need a vision as big as your city. If you want to be number one in the city, you need a vision as big as your state. If you want to be number one in the state, you need a vision as big as your nation. And if you want to be leader in the nation, you have to have a global vision. And if you want to truly make a global impact and leave an immortal legacy on the planet, you need an astronomical vision. And our, our highest priorities lead us to expand our space and time horizons until we have astronomical visions. Yes, I believe that too. So your highest priorities, which is also known as your values, right? I, with my coaching, and I learned quite a lot from you, it's, it's interesting to see like what, what we do is we evaluate, right? That's part of your values is you are constantly evaluating things and going, oh, does this match up with you know, the top three values, the top 10 values? Is this what I uh, value most in life? Constantly throughout the day, we're doing this, right? So how can we be more conscious of the values that we're, we're choosing? Uh, and also, how can we change our values as well to actually fit the dream or the vision that we, we uh, desire? Well, many times we have um, injected the values of others into our life and attempted to be somebody we're not. Yeah. And this is almost uh, guaranteed to be self-defeating. Mm -hmm. There's wisdom in extracting wisdom from other people and not reinventing wheels and standing on the shoulders of giants and mentors. But it's, it's unwise to basically try to be somebody you're not. Mm -hmm. This happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a unique set of values, and their life demonstrates those values. And identifying how, what their values really are is the first starting point. How do they fill their space? What do they spend their time on? What is it that they're energized by that energizes them? What is it that they spend their money on most? Yeah. What is it that they're most organized in? And where are they most disciplined in their life? What do they think about, visualize, and affirm inside their internal dialogue to themselves about most that's coming true? What do they love conversing with other people about most? What is it that inspires them or common to what people, the, the people inspire them? What is it that they have that's a persistent goal that they're achieving? And what is it that they love learning about? Those value determinants give a better articulate idea about what's really valuable to them. Once they determine what their real values are, they can either set goals to match their values or they can change their values to match their goals. The way you change your values is stacking up associations on a value that wants to go up, positive associations with values that you want to raise, mm -hmm. negative associations, the ones that you want to de decline on the value list. Yeah. So in other words, if I stack up the benefits of doing something, it rises up because I have more reasons and benefits of doing it. It goes up on the value list. Yeah. If I stack up drawbacks, it goes down on the value list. Huh. So I can rearrange and re-architect that value or I can set goals that match it. There's only two ways of having fulfillment. Either set goals that match your values or change your values to match your goals. They have to be congruent to master, to master your life and have fulfillment. Yeah, no, that's great advice. So that's simply just putting pen to pad, writing it down. Well, it's not just writing it down. It's actually making sure you inculcate the actual feelings with those benefits or drawbacks to rearrange it. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a writing process. It's an inventorying. But it's actually, because I do sometimes one-on-one -on -one with people. We don't write it. We just make sure that it, it goes into the psyche and it alters their perception. Yeah. For instance, I'll, I'll use an example. Let's say there's a young girl who's eight years old that's about to sing in front of 400 people at her elementary school. And she's dressed all beautifully and she's all ready to do it. And she gets up there and she sings and she's angelic. And she sings perfectly toned. She sings everything on cue. And afterwards they give her a standing ovation. They hug her and everything else. And they just think that was amazing and they applaud her. She's probably going to sing again. 
She'd probably want to go, I want to do that again. But if all of a sudden she misses key, she forgets her words, um, people throw things at her and they walk out and everything else, she's probably not going to want to go back on stage again. Mm -hmm. So we naturally move and migrate through our value systems based on pains and pleasures in our life. So we can do it and and be passive in it and let the world run us, or we can take command of those pains and pleasures and rearrange it and restructure it. Some people find out when they do their value determination that they don't have a value on wealth building, for instance. And then they can, by revamping it, increase the probability of increasing their wealth potential by changing their values so they can see the opportunities and take advantage of the opportunities. Yeah, I feel like so many people live in the fantasy of being wealthy uh, when it comes to finances, right? Wealthy in other areas of their life for sure, but finances, I think they see the glitz and the glamour and they get sucked into the idea of that. And that then becomes like a nightmare, not really a fantasy, right? Well, I ask people, I've asked millions of people around the world, uh, how many want to be financially independent? They all put their hands up. Yeah. But what happens is in their mind, they really are truly envisioning the lifestyles of the rich and famous spending money on depreciables and consumables that will not build an asset base and will not lead to financial independence. One percent or less are actually the people that want to actually study the statistics, go in there and study the investments, make sure that they're buying intrinsic value and real value in in a company or in stock or in real estate, and actually patiently, methodically, strategically go after building assets over time. Very few people do that. They're the one percenters. And um, majority of people are living in fantasies and therefore beating themselves up, wondering why they can't get ahead financially. This is sinking in for me because I know for sure that I don't have enough books on finance. And like I'm not struggling for finances, but I, I feel like I could be doing a lot better. Uh, this, is, this is probably one of the biggest things. Like look at your library. You know, what, what books are in your library right now? And, and it will show you what you value most. Yeah, well, uh, I've read probably 1,400 books on finance, economics, and those areas. So that has been a, a, one of the studies. I've been teaching now 44 years in November. It'll be 44 years. And I have been very fascinated on the seven areas of life. I believe that people are here to, to live an inspired life mm-hmm. and do follow whatever they think is their spiritual path. Yep. I believe that they're here to wake up their genius. Mm-hmm. I believe that they're here to do something that contributes as far as a business entrepreneurship, build wealth in their life and have financial independence, have a family structure that's not local and little suburbial, but actually a global family thinking structure, yep. uh, social influence. I believe we're here to be leaders. And I believe that we're all capable of doing something vital with our body and really have a vital body. I've been interested in any of those topics because in order to master your life, all those really are to be mastered. Yeah, everything's touching everything. Yeah, and I, and I found that every one of them, I wanted to explore and, and study each of those areas and how do I maximize the potential in each of those areas. As an entrepreneur, if you go out and you focus only on the business and you don't focus on relationships, you can get married and then have your business gone away. <laughs> if you don't focus on finances, you can work your butt off and then have nothing to show for it. So you want to you want to have a well-roundedness. You want to have some studies and an understanding of each of those and have mentorship in each area. Yeah, I think a lot of people stop educating themselves once they leave school because they look at school as uh, something that's not really enjoyable because they're being forced to do something that they don't really want to do. And if you look at the schooling system, this is like a huge conversation on so many levels where uh, school is killing creativity and also they're not sitting down with the children and finding out like what really lights them up. So therefore the kids aren't excited. I think there was some uh, schooling, I think it was Finland, where they cut down the hours and they also didn't give them homework, but they made it about fun and play and also these kinesthetic activities so they could actually embody it and not just uh, cognitively understand it, uh, but also uh, it, for it to become wisdom where they've actually applied it and, and 
got that real life feedback. What would you say to somebody that is really keen on understanding finances but for them, it really is that the only way they could do that is by reading books. Like, what, what would we do? Well, I, I don't think that you have to read books necessarily to become very financially savvy. Yeah. There are YouTube educational things today that are amazing. There are uh, mentors who can guide you and actually have you do it and actually let you practice it. There's also literature that you can read in chunks, and small chunks. The wisest thing I find to do is to first make sure that you truly have wealth building up on your value list. My observation, I've interviewed a lot of billionaires and a lot of people that are poor from one extreme to the other. And without a doubt, there's a different set of values in each of those individuals from one extreme to the other. And the people that have wealth building and they truly have a commitment to being wealthy, they have it in the top four values. And the people that don't, they don't. So they would, you spend your money according to your values. The hierarchy of your values dictates your financial destiny. So tell me what you value most. I'm going to tell you where your money's going to go. So you have to have a value on not immediate gratification for consumables, but long-term focus. You want to build a brand around yourself instead of keep living off other people's brands, which make you spend their money on their brands instead of them spending money on your brand. <laughs> and, and, uh, but if you have a value on that, you will see opportunities, you'll make decisions differently, and you'll hold on to a vision, and you'll act accordingly. So the first thing I do is to find out where the values are, where wealth is on the values. Second thing is I raise it on the value list, which is a step-by-step -step process that I've developed. And then once we do that, then we sit down and we start linking what they want to learn to their values. Yes. So they, the more they link it to the values, the more they absorb information, the easier it is for them to learn. Yeah. Everybody loves learning what's important to them. And whether it's visual or auditory or kinesthetic or whatever form the learning, we find out which one they excel at. We go there. If it's visual, many people can watch video games or video um, um, shows on wealth building and pick it up without having to read a book. So it's not necessary to read a book necessarily. I love visualizing. I love doing it. But I also watch YouTubes and I, I do every possible way to learn something. Yeah. You know, and I also have mentors that have helped me, and real estate mentors and stock investors. I mean, I've had mentors in almost every area of finance. And, and one hour with them sometimes is better than a book. <laughs> so you want to do both. You want to learn as many as you can. And, and the more you get involved in it, um, the more inspiring it becomes because the more masterful you, like in anything, you get more and more masterful as you go. Yeah, yeah. More reference points for you to draw from. Yeah. So it's not just a one-dimensional view. Exactly. Because you build momentum with learning as you start to go down the journey. And it's all a learning curve. And after a while, you're just adding refinements along the way. You start to realize you know that, and you know that, and you know that. And you go, okay, oh, there's a piece. And you add a puzzle together. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, John, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs that tune into this podcast. Do you believe that everybody could be an entrepreneur? Do I believe that everybody has the capacity to do it? Yes. Do I believe that everybody will do that? Not necessarily. Uh, is, it a po is it possible to awaken the entrepreneur in every human being? Yes. I've definitely worked with people that you would never imagine to be an entrepreneur, found out what their highest value is, find out what the world needs, found out where they overlap, and set up a prioritized action step for them to help them do that, and they get into motion. Yeah. And they were, they were not even entrepreneurs. They worked for st stability and security at a company and, or raised a family, and all of a sudden they got inspired by something and they took off. So is the, is the, is the capacity inside everyone? Yes. Will they do it? Maybe not. If, there's, if they apply the tools and principles that help them do it, they increase those odds for sure. So apart from values, do you feel like there's any other area that holds people back if they're not clear on that? I mean, there, I know there'll be a number of things, but is there a real standout thing that you found 
through your coaching and through speaking and interacting with incredible people throughout your life, is there another area that uh, we really need to focus on if we want to level up in our life? Well, one of the most uh, unwise things an entrepreneur does is makes an assumption that what they think is important to them is important to everybody. Yeah. And sometimes they go out there with this really cool idea that they think, oh, this is, everybody's going to want this. And they jump out there and they're fighting uphill battles. Mm -hmm. Find out what the world needs. When there's a demand for you, it's easy to provide a supply. The easiest part is finding out how to supply. Getting the demand and making sure you're meeting a real need. Because when you meet real needs, there's a demand. Yes. So caring enough about humanity to find out what humanity is searching for. And the greater the degree and quantity of humanity, the greater the income potential. Mm -hmm. So find out how to fulfill the needs of other people and find out which of those needs inspire you. So if you you can't wait to get up in the morning and deliver those needs, and they can't wait to get those needs, you found your niche. Mm -hmm. But if you project your values onto the world and think, oh, this is what the world needs, you're probably going to bang your head against the wall. And if you go out and find something that doesn't bring meaning to you and it's not inspiring to you, you're not going to want to go to work. Mm-hmm. But you've got to find out where they overlap. There's like a Vesica Pisces, two sacred circles overlapping, and the center is where the power is. And if you basically find out where, what you're inspired to do and what they're inspired to receive, you found your niche and you're, you're on your way. And being an entrepreneur is not even difficulty if you find that niche. Yeah. So that's the first starting point. There's that ease and that flow there because it just like... You're in alignment, right? Your alignment with something. The universe rewards equity and equanimity. Equanimity within yourself, where you're not exaggerating or minimizing yourself, you're being yourself, which is when you live by your highest value, increases that probability. And equity between you and others, where you're not puffing yourself up or meeting yourself up, you're actually being with people, present with people, finding out what their needs are, caring about them, and finding a way of delivering those needs. Mm -hmm. If you do, and you're inspired to do that, then you're an entrepreneur in the making great advice thank you so much now before you said uh, that you you love guiding people to live an inspired life what's the difference between inspiration and motivation well you probably remember that from the other night (laughs) yeah because we have a hierarchy of values when we're living according to our highest value we're spontaneously inspired from within to fulfill it as we go down the list of values they become more extrinsic and we need more outside motivation to get us to do it my highest value is researching and teaching I do it every day. I don't miss a day. Nobody has to remind me to do it. I don't need incentives. I don't need motivation. I don't need any form of outside stimulus to go and do it. I just do it. I spontaneously love learning. Okay, well, that's an intrinsic value. That's something that I spontaneously do. I love doing. Now, cake decorating, cooking, driving, anything else, domestic things. I'm about as domestic as a, as a, a cockroach. <laughs> I, 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 I go to the telephone and I call the, you know, the service express and said, I want this and this and this. I don't do any duties. Yeah. I've, I've, I've made a list of all the things that I love doing, which is research, writing, traveling, and teaching. Mm-hmm. I've delegated everything else off my plate. I don't do anything else. Everything else is delegated away. So it's wise to make sure you prioritize what you do, stick to the things that are most important and the one thing that you're master of, delegate all the rest, find people that would love to do the things you delegate and liberate yourself from the bondage and baggage of low priority emotional um, setbacks. Yeah, high income generating activities. High income generating generating. and high meaning. Yes. Income and meaning. You want income because that means it's serving others. You want meaning because it's serving you and you put the two together, you got your niche. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, If you could ask yourself one powerful question, what would that question be? What is it I would absolutely love to do on a daily basis, and how do I get handsomely paid to do it? Yeah. 
That's a good question. So your, yeah. voca your vocation and vacation is the same? Most people have, you know, Monday morning blues, Wednesday hump days, thank God it's Fridays, and week friggin' ends. <laughs> and, and that's because they've never figured out what is it they love to do as a vocation and made it their vacation. And when you do that, you don't need to... People ask me all the time, they go, uh, well, what do you do to chill out? Chill out from what? <laughs> you don't need to chill out when you're doing something you love doing. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. they, they, they don't understand. People who are doing something they really love to do can do it 18 hours a day and not even think about it. There's, they don't feel like it's even stressful. They're actually in the eustress state where they're building their, their vitality out of it. But if a person's doing something that's not inspiring to them and they try to do that 18 hours, they have heart attacks. Yeah. Because they're, they're unfulfilled in what they're doing. And when, anytime you're not fulfilling your highest values, you're increasing the probability of addictive, compulsive behavior because it's a compensation for unfulfilled highest values. It's a key is finding out what you value most and sticking to that. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, my, uh, my mate, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and he has this amazing life. He's happy all the time, grateful. And uh, somebody had asked him when I was standing there, asked him, uh, you know, do you ever get burnt out? And he said, burnt out? He goes, I ain't a freaking candle. <laughs> well, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 doing what he's, he's doing something that's <laughs> meaningful. He's inspired by it. And uh, he's on track. That's exactly it. That's, he's mastering his life. He's serving people. He couldn't be there without serving large sums of people. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I think everybody wants to feel valued, right, at the end of the day. And the way you do that is aligning yourself with your values first. Well, the way you, your self-worth is proportioned to how well you're congruent with your highest value. Because if you're living by lower values, you're devaluing yourself. You're living by high values, you value yourself. Yep. And then you will, that's self-value. Yes. But other people's value, which is going to be paying you, you have to have, do something that fulfills their highest value. And you have to realize that you and they are reflections of each other. So if you negate them for you or negate you for them, it, you, you, you get symptoms and let you know that that's not working. But the second you see each other as reflections of each other and realize you're here to help them as you're helping you, you master the game. Yeah, wonderful. I'm going to wrap this up with two quick questions. Uh, this one I feel is a really big one. We get this quite a lot. Uh, a lot of people send emails in on this. I get asked this quite a lot on interviews that I do. Uh, and the question is, how do we love ourselves more? Because I feel like a lot of people are really struggling with the self-love uh, thing at the moment. Well, the only time we're not appreciating and loving ourselves is when we're comparing our daily actions to other people's values that we've injected in that we've subordinated to. Because okay. when we actually look at our own values and we're living by our own highest values, we thank ourselves. Yeah. We can look in the mirror and say, thank you, I love you, you're, hot. you're a hot person. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. If you can't look in the mirror and say, you're amazing and thank God I get to be you, I was asked by, I think it was um, a Vogue magazine, they were interviewing me, and they asked me, well, Dr. DiMartini, if there's anybody in the world you could be, who would you be? And I go, I have no desire to be anybody but me. I'm the guy that I'd rather be. And they go, oh, okay. They were <laughs> expecting me to come up with some other person's name. Um, you're, you're, every time you're living congruently, your self-worth goes up, you're grateful, you're having a desire to solve problems that help people, mm -hmm. and your self-worth is going to go up. Living congruently is one of the most important things we can do. Yeah, yeah. Look, guys, John has read close to 30,000 books and has created transformations in hundreds of thousands to millions of people's lives. So when he says that values are important, I think you should listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote a book called The Values Factor trying to get that point across to people because many people, you know, people, if you ask them what their values are, they'll give you social idealisms. Yeah. Kohlberg, the psychologist, said that most people are avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, or are subordinating to mothers, fathers, preachers, and teachers, or they're subordinating to collective authorities like sheep in a herd of, of a tradition or convention of a society. Yeah. Very few people are transcendent and living authentically according to what they really value. Yeah. They, if you ask them what their values are, they'll give you a bunch of social idealisms instead of actually what their life demonstrates. 
I'm not interested in what people say. I'm interested in what they're living. Yes. What they exemplify and what they live every single day tells you what they really value. I start from there. That's the foundation you want to build from. That's why important values are so important and knowing what you really value, not what you fantasize about. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Exactly. And also you can tell, I know you coach a lot of people and, and uh, you have a lot of people where they have all these stories and excuses and it's like you can see through their daily actions and their habits what's really going on. Well, when somebody says that no matter what I do, I can't seem to get ahead financially, but I really want to be financially wealthy. And I, they keep spending their money on clothes and keep spending money on immediate gratifying consumables and depreciables and on, on going on trips and paying things. Oh. Then, and they don't have any focus on putting it into an investments and an asset that goes up in value. It, take, it puts money in their pocket instead of taking it out of their pocket. Then they really don't want to be wealthy. Yes. They want to live those things that they keep doing. Yeah. And then until they get that realization and realize that they're living in their fantasy oh. and creating their nightmare, then they're gonna they're gonna bang their head against the wall until they finally get that. Do you feel like that's because they're sabotaging themselves because they feel like they they can't financially hold it in their container? I don't find sabotage. I've heard the the term sabotage. I don't find that a productive word because okay. anytime somebody says that they're sabotaging, it means that they don't know what their real values are and they keep expecting to live outside their values in somebody else's values, uh -huh. and then they think, well, I can't seem to go and keep doing what I think is important. And they keep going to what is important. Once they know what their real values are, they don't see themselves sabotaging. They see themselves making decisions according to their values. And they go, no wonder I keep doing that. Yes. But when they have a fantasy of living outside their values, they can label themselves as sabotaging. Yes, yes, excellent. And the last question is, and I, and I ask this on every podcast interview, and it's interesting to hear the response. Uh, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Parting advice. I would tell some people that uh, to look in the mirror and say, no matter what you've done or not done, you're worthy of love because the truth is you are. And the only reason you're not appreciating yourself is you're somehow not uh, honoring your own values. You're trying to live by somebody else's and you're judging yourself according to it. And the other one is I'd say, give yourself permission to do something extraordinary on planet Earth because the real you, the magnificence of who you really are is far greater than any fantasies you'll ever inject into yourself. Give yourself permission to do something amazing. The real true you is amazing. Excellent. John, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Your wisdom and everything that you do in this world. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, for anybody that wants to check out John's work, John, where can they find your books? They, they your can events? simply go to drdmartini.com. D-R-D-Martini, D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. drdmartini.com. The values determination assessment. On, on my website, you can go to drdmartini.com. Go down to the menu. You'll find a, a thing that says value determination. Determine your values. Hit it. And um, there's a free 13-step process that you can fill in. And it'll increase. You'll, you'll, you'll have, when you're done, a list of values. And you can log in on there. It's private on there. You can come back to it three months later, every three months, and come back and look at what your values are doing as they're evolving. And you can look at what's really important to you. And you can make wiser decisions and start structuring your life around something that's congruent to achieve more. So go on there, take advantage of it. It's a 13-step process. It'll take you about 30 minutes of your time. It'd be a really valuable 30 minutes. And also, uh, John and I are in the Rise Up movie. Uh, it's coming out at the end of this year with uh, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Marie Folio, Ariana Huffington, a lot of amazing individuals. And I can't wait to hear your advice on there and, and how to step into your purpose and share your gifts with the world. So, yeah, that uh, looks like a great movie that's coming. Yeah, excellent. All right, John, thanks a million. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you.